Hey everyone, welcome to Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything kink. We only cater to adults 18 and above. So remember, this podcast is not safe for work, or as we like to say, NSF. Remember, you can always listen to us during your private time. Hello, kinky and kink curious folk out there. My name is Sir Inc. And on this podcast, I have a guest from across the pond and for whatever. And for those that do not understand that expression across the pond, that means across the Atlantic Ocean. That means our friends in the EU, which is the European Union. My friend Angie, who has a podcast that is called Too Old for This Shit, which is absolutely hilarious when you read this. The title of this song is hilarious. Then to know that she's actually, part of her life is actually, was is spent as a comedian and she has a great podcast, which we'll get into all that information later. But she's part comedian. So uh, you guys may have heard me on her podcast. I shared it on my pages. And without further ado, here's Angie. Hello, Angie. Hi, Sewing. Hi, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for having you? me here. There we go. We laughed early. I'm good. You good? Yeah, it's always a yeah, it's always a pleasure to you know to chat with you. So it is mm-hmm. always a pleasure <laughs> to chat with you. Now you know some of my some of my friends was like, "Ooh, who's that? Her voice is so nice." I'm like, "Sit down, down, down. <laughs> Wait, stop. <laughs> Hold on." <laughs> They love your voice. And they really don't know oh. some of the other things that I have that you've um, given me that I'm going to share on my <laughs> podcast later. That's really going to turn them up. So, real quick, <laughs> Angie is mm-hmm. uh, part Algerian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, half Algerian, half Danish. Half Danish and speaks fluent French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look! Look at all this talent! Look at all this talent! Look at all this talent! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Let me tell you guys, I heard some of this French too. It definitely gets you. It'll get you going. <laughs> so, <laughs> but apparently, I think I may be a quarter French. I think I think my left leg is like it's. I think, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think my paternal grandma is um, has a bit of French in her, but they're all Algerians from Algeria, you know, like natives. Mm. But um, there's there may be a bit of French because you know it was colonized. So <laughs> yes, there may be yes. a bit of something something. But and, yeah, <laughs> and that's a whole that's a whole other story, right? The history of France and Algeria <laughs> as a whole, which I've studied some studied on their history. But with that, without without us going into that. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about what dating across the pond is because I speak about what dating is for us here in the United States, but how is dating across the pond? Mm, well, I think, to be honest, we are getting quite influenced by the U.S. because there was this huge show, Sex in the City, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, like we saw about multi-dating, you know, mm-hmm. um, but... Each country, you know, like across the pond, like, you know, there'll be like, you know, I can speak for like dating in London and maybe how I was like in Belgium and Denmark and that kind of stuff. But every country is going to be a little bit different because of culture. Mm-hmm. But across the pond, I mean, you know, in London, again, it depends on the area when 
it's just <laughs> it, you almost have to like ask me a little bit more specific so, because right, yeah, no, it's, so, mm. right so let me ask Sorry. you so are women so women here are more assertive uh you know women are in the workplace and of course like you said sex in the city you see these women mm-hmm. being a little different in the dating scene so are women in the in across the pond are they losing a little bit more of the feminine the 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 submissive femininity and just being mm-hmm. more assertive how is that working over there because over here we seem to have like women's liberation but also it's like a battle of the sexes going on is this is this the mm-hmm, same there mm-hmm. or are women still having yeah. great traditional roles no i think it definitely there's the battle of the sex going on here too and i think in, in more than just one country and I think it's a great question what you were saying about the femininity because I could I, I think a lot of people like they may think of femininity as you know going get your nails done your hair wearing a really cute dress and high heels but that may not mean that you are in, in my perspective you may not be very feminine and have that softness about you which is not weakness just like a softer side and just something you know just a bit you know a bit more there's that thing you know but like almost like when you watch you know italian women you know italian men they don't have to be wearing anything specific they don't even have to look a particular way they're just very sexy and classy by the way they speak by the way they are you know there's that thing that they have you know (laughs) it's like it's um they, they have that little thing but that doesn't mean again that it's all Italian women are feminine, but there is definitely right. the battle of the sex in terms of, okay, who pays for the meal? There's a lot of different school of thoughts. And I think it's very confusing. I've changed my mind, you know, several times over the decades mm-hmm. and, you know, about what it means to be a woman on a date and in a okay. relationship and what yeah. I actually want. But, um, I- but yeah. And the same thing, you know, you could be wearing very masculine clothes, but being super feminine in your essence, you know, right. um, and not wanting to necessarily want to be the always right and being the one that decides everything and just not mm-hmm. letting someone else be who they are. So yeah, it's, um, it, it's not always really obvious to see. Yeah. You know, I think what happened, mm-hmm. what happened with us is I think women had to be more assertive to get into the workforce and be successful. I think what yes. happens is when it's all happening, no one is telling you how to have balance when you come home. And so mm-hmm. that's where I think femininity has been stifled to a degree. And now you mm-hmm. have two assertive people trying to be together and no one has this angle of being able to fall back. And I will say this, that in my experience of dating women from across the board, far as whether they're American and different nationalities as Americans or women from other countries of different races as well they Mm. women outside the united states to a degree have a level that they will it'll get to a point where they'll be like okay you know what it ain't that deep whereas though i think a lot more women here will still push through that point and there's a point where we risk our relationships and you know men know this women know this And I think women really don't know what that level is. And I think what happened was they've kind of demonized the women in our grandparents' generation and before them as like, well, they were weak women. 
But those women mm-hmm. held on to their relationships. And not all women were in relationships that, that that were bad. Like, there were a lot of women that were in good relationships. I think some of it is mm-hmm. they take a mm-hmm. few bad apples and make it seem like this. that was the culture. Those women had no options. But it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, because it's almost like right. saying just because we have choice now does not mean mm-hmm. that our, our marriages are, are, are more are successful happy or doing better. You exactly. know, yeah. So I think it's, it's sort of like... It, it is great to be able to have a choice. Like I definitely, freedom for me is very important. So be able to choose a partner, uh, be able to choose, you know, what sort of work I want to get into, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Choices is something that's really important to me. So I think that's, but it's also, there is something to be said about, you know, our grandparents' generation or older generation. I think it doesn't, you know, um, you know, across different you know across across the world and across different cultures mm-hmm. people knew that they they didn't marry for love they married for it was a uh, you know average marriages were for different necessities right? right and the thing is that people didn't come in with the delusion that oh if we have butterfly we're gonna be mm-hmm. happy for 50 years right the thing is is like you know you have to work at love and you have to work at relationship and mm-hmm. it's everything is so disposable now and yes. the thing is, is like, like you were saying, you know, at the same time, you know, I don't want to take us back and go, oh, you know, we have to like, you know, like breeding cow, milking cows, you know, right. we're being, <laughs> we're being hooked up yes. for, you know, the, the freshness of our eggs, you know, right. like I'm not into that at all. Right. But it's like when you were mentioning about women, you know, they're going to work and yes, when we go to work, we have to be more like decisive mm-hmm. um, and, and it, we have to be sort of more steady and it's, it, it can be like. Um, it's easy it's, it's a place that we we can get to as women it's a place I've definitely been in um, yes. but it has come at the expense of my health you know yes. when I had to go in and be constantly performing at work constantly delivering regardless of how was go- what was going on in my in my life or anything mm-hmm. like that it was just like as long as I can work that's all that matters and that wasn't good for me either but I think it's when we are out in the workplace and we have to be decisive and you know all of these things that we need to be doing to to to, to get work done and pay the bills you know yes it's true it's sometimes hard to come home and and be in that feminine mode right but Mm -hmm. the thing is it's not always so let's say if you are in a relationship where it's very like the very uh 50 51 it's very Mm -hmm. hard to go to work all day come home and you know, and then having to do half of all the chores, doing half, paying half, like you're not, you're not being supported in any right. way, whether it's emotionally mm-hmm. or in any, you know, there's no Physically. like you don't have mm-hmm. that feel of protection because mm-hmm. the masculine side is what helps you feel protected and helps yes. you actually to be able to be feminine, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we go to work. We have to put that. We have to be decide. We have to decide different things and get things done. But then when we come home, you know, if we are in a heterosexual relationship, for example, then you've come home and then you come home to someone who, again, who also needs a lot of care all the time. And then, you know, you go to the restroom, but then you pay half and everything is, it's not actually really 50-50 because really, you know, exactly. um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I don't know, I'm probably going on tangents here. So do, you know, okay. do, 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 inter- do interrupt me if I'm, if I'm not making sense, but no. I, I know you're, you're making great but you're like sense. If you go, but you're like if you go to the restaurant, I'm just going to mm-hmm. take like the typical date, right? And I, mm-hmm. you know, and I know we've spoken about this before, but it's like if I go on a first date, let's go like straight to the beginning, not even like into the relationship, because that's a bit different. Because when you're mixing finances, 
you know, it, it, having two salaries is great to be able to, you know, maybe uh, one pays all the rent and the bills and the other ones, uh, you know, we, we'll, we use that salary to help like into investments to, right. you know, mm-hmm. the future, right? And yes. the one salary helps for now, right? So right. that means he's still the provider, for example. If he wants to be the provider, he's, he's sorting out, you know, the bills and all that stuff. But then you are using your salary to pay for the holidays, you know, to upgrade, right? right? And for the future. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, like when you're mixing finance, you know, unless you're marrying a billionaire and you yourself <laughs> have a, a small salary from a, from working right. in a cafe, it's a different situation. Your money is but, yours, you know, right. So, yeah, but I think, um, but yeah, but if you're two salaries, it's great to use that together to, to, to build, right? But so let's go to the first date. If I go on a first date and the guy wants to split the bill, that doesn't, hasn't happened to me in a very long time. Touch wood. Um, but, <laughs> all right, uh, right girl's got to eat now. But, you know, so, you know, if I go on a first date and you'll pay half, like, I'm like, that's fine, I'll pay half, like, I'll do it. And actually, I would rather pay the whole bill because it's so embarrassing, like, as a man and a woman, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just a weird dynamic. But I'm like, listen, if we're going to go 50-50, I don't say that to them, but that's what's the dialogue mm-hmm. in my mind. It's like, if we're going to go 50-50, well, you know, if you're happy for to pay 50-50 on all the waxing, my hairdressing, on my makeup, uh, all the things, you know what I mean, that helps me prepare to, you know, for all the date stuff. If we're going 50-50 on everything, I'll do half the blowjob, I'll do half the sex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, because if you're going to pay half the, the bill, maybe you only want to do half of the foreplay as well. I don't know. I don't know. What, what's going, I'm just, what, I know I'm joking man. a little bit, but, no, but you what, know. What, first of all, that should be a red flag. If a man wants you to pay anything on the first date, that should be a red flag. Let me start. Oh, yeah, there. I'm not seeing him again. But right. also, I have compassion, though, because I think there's a lot of women as well who take deep offense when a man pays. So this is, I can only speak for me here, but... You know, some, I think for a man, if it's not really set in the culture that yes, automatically, like, you know, if you go in the Middle East, that's not even a question. Like the woman will not take out her purse. It just does not happen, you know. Um, but like, you know, in, in, in the cosmopolitan London, you just don't know. And I think men yeah. sometimes, they've no. had, they're really bashed about it. So I understand, but you can tell the guy who says, you can tell when the guy's trying, he wants to pay, but he doesn't know what to do. It's a different vibe, right? But if he's like, no, no, we're, we're paying half, you know, it's like, oh, you had more to eat. It's like, what? I wouldn't, you know? allow, <laughs> I wouldn't, allow, I wouldn't allow a woman to pay half on mm-hmm. the first date. No, no, whatsoever. I would be offended if a woman tried to pay half on the first date. Mm-hmm. And, and let me go back to something that you were saying when you talked about protection. You talked about being burned out at work. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Women, and I, I've talked about this before, and I have to keep reiterating this to my audience. Men, by nature, are hot, fiery creatures, right? Fire is very poignant, is very is very potent, and is very um, and, and fire is very um, streamlined to a degree. Whereas the women are moist creatures, right? Moistness, you have your vaginas, are, you hold moisture. You're moist creatures, right? which means moisture is more receptive, okay? So what happens is, like a sponge, when you wet it, it's moist. However, when you have to go to work and be more assertive, that brings on a more Martian masculine energy, which is fire. So when you bring heat to a sponge, it dries up. 
if you have and nothing dries you up more than paying half for that exactly. dinner date. I'm telling you, exactly. that's just like that's crackling dry right, right there. <laughs> so yeah, if a woman yeah. has no way of going to work and coming home and replenishing her femininity, right? She mm. she no longer really remains moist in her femininity. Her femininity mm. essentially dries up. Now when she goes out on dates, she's a little bit more stringent. She's more like, oh, I'm going to pay half. She's a little bit more, where are we going? What should I wear? What time should I be ready? All these being very assertive things creep into your dating life. And you really don't know how to just relax and just enjoy mm. your time. Because when you're out mm. with a man, the only thing you should worry about is how you look. And you just being yourself and being able to relax in this man's presence knowing that he has everything. Now, after y'all get to know each other, you you know, you want to treat him to the next date, so on and so forth, that's fine. But initially, you know, going into it, and we talked about this before, I believe a man should set up the date, he should know where they're going, what time they're going, tell her exactly what the dress code is so she can be dressed accordingly to how her taste is, things of that nature. But guys, don't they do not know how to be assertive in that role now. So we're kind of getting our roles mixed up. But but I think it's okay for, and again, like some women is go, are going to be like, oh my God, he doesn't lead if he asks me that question. But I think like for me, like if a guy say, you know, uh, what sort of food do you like? Like what sort of cuisine? Like so, mm -hmm. let's say if we're going for a dinner date. Like, I don't mind. I think that's great because, you know, I definitely have an answer for that. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> there's three choices. You take right. me to any of those. I'm a happy girl. Like, you know, right. so, uh, you know, if you, that's also him wanting to make sure that I'm having a good time. But right. there's a difference between that and then him going, where do you want to go? What time do you want to meet? Where are you going? Right. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any date ideas? Exactly. I'm like, and, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with it on the surface. But like mm -hmm. you said, it's like, wow, am I your mama? Like, you're the man. Exactly. Like, I'm, I want you to be the man. And it's not for everyone. It doesn't work, I think, for women like for women who who are naturally a lot, a lot more... Uh, want to be more alpha in the private life it's going to be different you know they, they're going to mm -hmm. want someone who's like that but like it right. doesn't work for me so it's almost like finding out what your what your preference really it doesn't right. have to be pc it's just what's your preference and exactly. go with that right yeah so yeah. let me ask you okay so now that we're mm. on that line of, of this line of thought so let's look at our lives and decades because now that i'm 49 about to turn 50 <laughs> I get to look at my life in decades. Like I really don't, re I don't even really recognize who I was in my twenties. Like my twenties, my twenty self, my twenty year old self, and who I am today, they do not, they do not match, right? But that's a maturation thing. So I looked at my twenties. I can look at my thirties, and I can look at my forties. How do you feel things have changed for you? Maybe not just mm. dating wise, but like socially, or maybe even sexually. Like mm. have have things changed? Because and I, I'm gonna end it before I hand it over to you, I hear guys talking today that's 40 and 50 years old that's still dating like they were 20-year-olds. So, like, how do you mm -hmm. how do you see your life as far as dating and socially? How has that changed over the decades? Wow, okay. So, yeah, so I'm 42. So, you know, like, I guess, because, you know, um, just to put this into context. So, um, like, I'm, it's funny because I had this conversation with some... Uh, was, um, was like with another with a guest about but that's it hasn't been out yet about you know what we were like you know younger you know like how ignorant almost you know we are like I think for me like in my 20s it's like 
it, it's more like for me the reason why i'm saying that is because it, like i had to really think about the phrasing and so it's, it, it may come across weird now when i say it but when i look back at how i was seeing just everything back then it almost feels like there was this heavy fog and i couldn't really see clearly okay and i've got a feeling when i'm going to turn 60 it's going to be the same like if i'm blessed to turn 60 that i'm going to be looking back and go oh my god when you were 40 girl that mm. big fog in front of you like you didn't see because i think one of the main thing that has changed is that i, I sort of the more i advance the more i see clearly okay. and in terms of dating a lot has changed a mm. lot a lot has changed but that's because i changed okay it really is because i changed like i i became more aware you know with age and with you know with help with therapists and that kind of stuff that you know what my tendency were and and why because i, th- I think what, what happened in my in my 30s is that i realized that i was a common denominator of mm-hmm. anyone i've sort of fell in love with or you know had a relationship with and right. it didn't work out and i seemed to i was like it seems to always be the same reason why it ends like mm. They all are, I, w- I could line them up and they all seem so different, you know, mm-hmm. um, in every way almost, you know, and it's like, but it's the same dude and mm-hmm. it's still me. So, and I didn't want to have a, a friend to tell me, you're amazing, you know, it's their loss. Mm-hmm. No, that's what, you know, that's what we do, you know, as right. friends, you know, but that to me, that's not helpful because clearly I'm not that amazing because I'm not making, this is not working out. And so... I, you know, I speak like professional help, like someone who's just specialist in that. And I mm-hmm. even joined a matchmaking agency at that time. So mm-hmm. I was like, you've got to show me like what a good man is because like I'm clearly not <laughs> doing this <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like it, was, it was actually that therapy said to me, you need to almost, you need to, you need to be in the presence of what it is that you're looking for to recognize it. Like you, at the right. moment, you just don't even, you can't see it and you'll be repelled by it. And I was being repelled by good, I, I, I was, I felt repelled by a good man. Like I thought they were boring, right. um, you know, and I didn't understand all the attention. I was like, it was just like, it's just, it was almost like this allergic reaction. And so my twenties were, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but in, in terms of, if I was to break it down in decades and you know, cause we talked about this a little bit before, it was like, you know, for me, my twenties was a big search. Mm-hmm. in many different areas you know what home was religion looking for my dad and it was a lot of hustling it was a lot of parties as well okay but i you know i would work hard like i would literally work 19 hours a day sometimes you know 20 sometimes it was just like and i'm not even exaggerating and i had mm. insomnia as well it was just insane it was just an insane my 20s were crazy like that for me it probably not crazy for someone else listening but <laughs> to me when i look back i'm like i don't even know how i survived it but um, you know, like health-wise alone, you know. But so, isn't that what the 20s th- is for? The 20s, the 20s yeah. really is for, it's like you're in a lab experiment with who you are, what mm-hmm. the ideas that you were raised with are. And then I think, well, at least for me, I got into my 30s and I realized, okay, this is who I am. And how comfortable am I with that? And I think that's what my 30s were. And how comfortable. Then I got to 40 and I was like, this is who I am. I'm very comfortable, and you take it or leave it. That's mm-hmm. at least that was my, that was my experience. Where like I was, you know, thirty, 
okay, this is who I am. I got these ideas, but you know what? To be in a relationship, ooh, I can't really bring that part of me out because that's probably not good for a relationship. And I just realized, like you, I've ruined a lot of stuff. I, I was in a marriage that, you know, it lasted most of my 30s and then it ended. And then I realized when I turned 40, like, you know what? I can no longer not be myself because I tried to change myself to be what I thought a husband should be. And I subjugated mm. a, a, and I shelved a lot of myself up. And then I realized no matter how much you try to make someone else happy, they never will be happy unless they're happy with themselves. And so just be happy with yourself and be honest with who you are. Be authentic with that. Be very, be very authentic with that. And whoever likes you will stay around and whoever doesn't let them go. And, and that's not easy to do. I mean, obviously it depends. Mm-hmm. Some people have a more an easier time with that, but that is not an easy thing to do. I know that's something that I struggle with a lot. Uh, and it's like, it's, it's to stop hiding from yourself. Or like, it's just mm-hmm. stop hiding. Cause I, you know, I understand why also relationships weren't working. It wasn't just the choices I made because effectively, um, that person can be very happily married with someone else. Right. So it has nothing to do with really with, them who they are it's the dynamic you do but I was hiding so much from myself I wasn't allowing to even feel my feelings even though I thought I did I was like always following my heart I was you know in any of the work I was doing you know the my the choice of work I would do was Mm -hmm. always led by my heart and but and I thought oh you know I'm true to myself in every way but I wasn't I really wasn't and so I think it's very hard to love someone who doesn't really know themselves or doesn't really know who they are because how do you show up? And, 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 and then, you know, once you realize that, you know, then it's like learning how to take space. And that's really difficult, especially with, for me. Like, I know for you, communication mm-hmm. is easy. But like for me, that is something that I'm like, I feel I'm still learning, um, mm. you know, how to communicate properly um in a romantic relationship or when you're dating i think those things are are difficult because we're Mm. all following all these different rules and unspoken rules and everyone has written a couple of books on dating (laughs) or watching a youtube channel Mm. right and so we all these we both two people coming in with different realities of what how we're supposed to be acting and be and then not understand and then actually instead then we're not really looking at each other. We're not really listening to each other. We're not right. even talking from our true self because you're like, right. and being yourself is, and being okay with being seen, you know. Someone mm-hmm. told me that there's this three fears. There's the fear of being, fear of being seen. There's fear of being seen, fear of commitment. There's like three fears. It was uh, Jerry Souter. She was a guest on okay. the show. And it's like, she talked about those three things and I can't remember now. Um, but they made sense um, at the time. Like those are like obstacles that people go through yes. when learning to be themselves when they're going into a relationship. And um, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Like the fear of commitment is is deep, and mm. uh, for guys, it's like oh, I'm committing. I can't have sex with other women, right? And then, but the long term view of it is is actually for men is putting a vision together where we can go and making that step-by-step plan and being committed to it. And I think that's where a lot of guys 
and let me just speak for men, a lot of men fall short. They don't understand that this is not about being happily married ever after. This is about your legacy. Get married for legacy to have kids and to grow your life or grow with someone so you guys can live together and, and maintain a lifestyle of at least where you are and better instead of regressing. Because the older you get and the less you can work, if you don't have money, mm-hmm. your lifestyle, you start to start taking things off the table that you used to, that you want to do and that you used to do. And now you get yourself to a point where you're leaning on the government for your for your um, tax returns and your retirement. So those are the things that relationships are for. And I think a lot of times guys look at, oh, you know, uh, I don't get to have, I know a guy that's been with a woman for 30 years and they, and he's a, she wants to get married. I don't get married. If I get married, I, you know, I can't be out here in the streets messing with other girls. But I'm like, like marriage is not even about that. Like if you was married or not, you're still going to do what you're going to do. That's nothing to do with it. Like you got to have a, but you went, you've been with her for 30 years. You got a son that's like 25. Like you're, you fucking ridiculous. Like I don't understand. I mean, I mean, I mean, you the know, the commitment is he ridiculous likes to, for some people. I mean, he, he likes to take it slow, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, at, at a snail's is, pace. But the thing is, is like, you know, um, he's, that's the thing. I don't know if it's like, is he, is it because when I, when, you know, when you, when he's saying that, this is what I'm hearing is that like marriage and commitment for a man is like the minute he crosses that, this is serious, that this is commitment and him like not keeping up to his word. I don't know if now his, his partner knows that he's out on, you know, out on in the streets and, and, you know, and doing anyway. what he wants to do, but but you know, it, 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 she may not be in agreement with that. Um, but the thing is, it's like, it just, is it because it, in in his heart is like, well, if I make that commitment of marriage and you know having to be faithful, mm-hmm. then if I don't keep that up, my word, then that's a real like that's a real uh, failure for him inside. Is it like, like he's worried he's not going to keep his word? I don't know. It's like, because you know, you could be dating and you're dating other people. Mm -hmm. That's why you're not committed. But if you've made, if you've said to someone, you know, if you've said and you've shown someone that we're committed and Mm -hmm. then you break that, that's a bigger, how do you call bigger pain? Like a bigger upset. I don't know why you, is that what's going on for him? I I think this guy's a fucking idiot. Let me start there. (laughs) And number no, number one, he's a fucking idiot. And number two, like the fact that guys equate infidelity with um, marriage is just really ridiculous. Because that lets me know that you're not anywhere in the realms of think of being eligible to be married or should be thinking of marriage. And I tell guys this all the time because infidelity goes in all different ways. It, it could be a woman that has infidelity or a man. But that's not the reason why you get married. You don't get married to... Ch- like, guys think that women want to get married so they don't fuck other women. This is part of the reason why men think about marriage. Not all men. So let me not say there's no absolute, but I'm saying a lot of men think like this. And on a, a and on another podcast, we can talk about this. It's just men's ability to procreate how they want. So... The whole not fucking somebody well, yes, but, else is but, huge. It's a huge piece yeah. 
in a well, man's sp- mind. Sp- sp- <laughs> yeah, well, sperm is cheap. Eggs are really expensive, which is why maybe, you know, we are more, <laughs> we, we want the guy to commit because, you know, we don't want him to have to pay for 10 other babies out there because, right. you know, a baby is expensive. Yes. And, you know, it's not just expensive financially. It's expensive on our bodies. It's yes. expensive on everybody's emotion. Yes. It's stressful. You don't sleep. You know, yes. they eat you up, right? I mean, I don't yes. have any, but I see my friends and I see my neighbors. I see right. it. <laughs> I gotta right. gotta see it. Right. So, so, but, you know... Uh, and I love their babies. I love them. But, you know, like it's, it's a lot. And I think, you know, it's... Um, listen, if I was her, I wouldn't even... I, I wouldn't even pester him about it. I'm like, you don't... If that's what she wants, there are other men out there. I'm not saying that it's just easy, but there are other men out there who would actually be honoured. And, and I know it sounds very entitled. I'm not I'm not trying to come from that right. side, from that but, way. But, do you know, a man who really loves you, who really appreciates the woman, and she shows... She, obviously, she has to show mm-hmm. him you know that part of her that that's gonna that's gonna have that that that's gonna kick in that reaction for him right it's not just she's not gonna be there and just like think that she can have everything but like there's this thing about her that makes him go wow and if he loves her he's actually gonna feel um he's he it's like he will feel like he gets to look after her he gets to look after her son, although now he's, it sounds like he's grown up, but let's say if he was a, a little one, right? He'll get to be the man because he's like, do you know why he's gonna feel good? Because he, he has this, there's this thing in you guys, like you guys, like the good ones, that you mm-hmm. wanna be the man. Not all men are like that, you know, not all men, but the reason, like I know that, and this is also why that I really appreciate when mm-hmm. men really are, they really wanna be there for their children, mm-hmm. they really wanna be there for the stepchildren, mm-hmm. they really wanna be there. Like that to me is not a quality you can take for granted, but there are men who truly are, you know, like that. And mm-hmm. so effectively, I, I wish that she would know that, that well, partner you, that he has, well, yeah, I th- well, you, you know, know, that to go. Um, mm-hmm. you know. A, lot of, a lot of what men do not realize about marriage is, like this guy, you've been with her for 30 years, right? I don't know why you don't get married mm. to her because you've been living with her forever. You have a son together that's in college, out of college now. But my point is, if something happens to you tomorrow, that woman that you've invested all this into that's it, that's it. cannot mm. make any decisions for your life mm. or your well-being. Mm. So now they're calling your yep. mama. So yes, exactly. why can't you cut your, why can't you take your mouth off your mama's titty? And keep yes. it on your woman. Yeah. Now, if you've been with her for three years, I might be able to understand that. You don't know her as well. But 30 mm-hmm. damn years and a 25-year-old, I mean, what more do you want? That, but that, yeah, that's, you, you know, that's you know. the thing. That's one of my fears is like, is that, is like if I am with someone for a long time and if we're not married, then if something happens to either of us, we're not family. Right. And medically... Legally, right. you can't take any decision. So I may be telling nope. you all of my dying wishes and what yep. I want this to be happening, and but yep. you can't do any of it. I can't and act like, it out. And, and I can't mm-hmm. go and see you and be with yep. you at the hospital. But if it's family yep. only, like yep. if it's COVID, for example, if you're yes. not family, don't say, yes. even then you can't even go. So it's yep. like I'm not. I, I you know, we, we're together. Or we're not. Like what? What is it? Because well, otherwise, I can be out there dating other people. Well, and, co- and so should you. And so they- should you because you know that's well, it. Well, if they go in the hospital with COVID, then you should get COVID. Then y'all can share a room together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably most likely you'd get now, it together. Now, that's now, right, exactly. Now, now we're yeah. together. Now we can make. Now you're stuck together. Now till death do us part. You know. There you go. I told you, you should have married me. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I have a, so I have my next question for you is 
Mm. It's loaded. It's short but loaded. Sex, oh. sex, oh God, sex, sex now, or mm-hmm. sex then. And mm-hmm. let's take in consideration how much more you've expanded your palate and your array of, you know, your taste, and also physically, like you know what we mm-hmm. were when we were twenty or a teenager. Mm-hmm. Or from when you started till now. So sex mm-hmm. now or sex then and why? <laughs> okay. So actually I would say sex then with what I know now. Oh, and that's because no, I'm picking up a particular No no I'm telling you, wait, well maybe I okay. misunderstand your question, but to me that because there's this one uh boyfriend because you know back in my 20s boyfriend girlfriend was okay. a thing, you know. <laughs> now I don't now I don't <laughs> care about boyfriend girlfriend. But back then your boyfriend and Till this day, is the play, like with him was the, the the one person. I know it sounds pathetic because it's like you know twenty, you know almost twenty years ago now. Mm-hmm. But I still remember as being like that was the person that I could totally relax with. Okay. We evolved a lot together in that area, and like he was always full of surprises, and it was just like the most pleasurable and mm. with him and because there was that deep um what felt like at the time anyway deep love and deep respect that i didn't have to worry about anything when it came to Mm. the bedroom like i didn't have to worry about how he felt about me or how he saw me Mm -hmm. but so that's why i mean like that sort of experience i i haven't you know i don't feel like i've had this you know where i could really really relax and totally trust that person and i think but with what I know now, and also how I feel about my body now, you know, mm. like you, you know, it's just. It's a, it sounds like um, sex then. It sounds like sex back then. But with with what I know now, and yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think sex. sex yeah, it, it hasn't. Um, some experience have beaten it a little bit, but not mm. that there is that extra thing, the extra layer that makes it very. Because uh, for me, sex is. Um, sex is, is, is like a spiritual place I go to mm-hmm. as well. So to me, um, there's a level that's, you know, th- there's a special place for me. Um, okay. And so, you know, it requires a, a very specific dynamic. And so, it, and it, it requires love. It really does require love. Mm. I, I'm not saying that you can't have great sex with someone you barely know. I'm not saying right. that, but it's like that, it's that other thing. It, it just is it's something else that's just really, really special. And it's not something mm-hmm. that, yeah, that comes by. That and also, I could just tell him anything. I, like, you know, like like he didn't, like I could, commu- like, this is where they've been struggling after him because in terms of communication in bed, like what I want, mm-hmm. what I like, you know, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Uh, with him, it was just so easy. Like, okay. you know, right. we were both we were both talking French together because he, he was French. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was a French speaker. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if that was what it was, but... But it was just, I didn't, I never offended him. I never, like, he didn't go, oh, my God. Like, it was just so easy. And mm. I miss that. I miss that. Mm. Yeah. So, for mm. me, I, I would say sex now. <laughs> only be, <laughs> yeah. uh, only, only yeah. because I don't I don't need help getting my dick hard. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and well, just, you needed help back then, you mean, or what'd you say? No, I'm just saying I, I I still don't need help because a lot of guys fall off in that department as they get older. Oh, right, okay, so, okay. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and and uh, and <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, that's a ED is a real, ED is a real thing, but I really think yep. 
to talk about uh, just a little bit about that. I think a lot of ED is just number one, sex is repetition, repetitious with with us, and you lose interest. And if a man just wants to have sex after sex after just just have sex, you're not as interested in that as you would. As I've learned as I've gotten older, because I've hit some walls, like boom. Yeah. I wonder, like, damn, am I falling off? And no, it's just I'm not interested in who I'm trying to have sex with, but I want to have sex with her just because she's here and she wants to have sex. But I've realized as I've gotten older, like, no, I need to have somebody that I'm a little bit more interested in, a lot more interested in, and that I can explore with a lot more. So that's changed. But the realization of exploration and foreplay and add BDSM on top of that is the reason why I prefer sex now. And the fact that I don't have any ED issues is the this is why I prefer mm. sex now than I do then. Then it was just all hard dick and you getting this thing hit all night long. We doing this all night, grabbing shoulders, hearing the headboard hit the wall. <laughs> but <laughs> but I wasn't really Concussion you already you already know. <laughs> But I'm not. I wasn't really enjoying it. But I was doing my. I was doing what I was doing in my twenties, just going through the numbers. Mm. I was. It was quantity over quality. Now it's quality right, right. over quantity. But um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm all about quality. It's like it's almost like you know. I don't. I don't mm. pick up. And this is this is gonna sound bad. Like I is. But for me, this is how I feel. Especially like the older I get. Especially after the last breakup. Like I don't. Like I haven't even had sex with anyone. I don't want to have sex with anyone at the moment. It's really like weird but it's just like it's like i'm like i don't need your energy near me or inside me and it's like it I'm, I'm feeling there's something it's just i'm at a different mm-hmm. place and it's almost like the only way i can compare mm-hmm. it to is like in the same way as i don't pick up something off the floor on the street put it in my mouth mm-hmm. i don't want like a random dick inside like that's just what right. it is and it's like and the thing is i i'm almost envious like I, of people like i do admire people who are just really really free and i've had you know i've tried why not stand don't get me wrong and you know, um, it hasn't always been good, but then, like, there was one guy who was exceptional, but, I th- you know, he, he he really had a lot of experience somehow, and that's, that's what I'm going to put it. <laughs> it was right. like, so he knew what he was doing, but honestly, other than that, like, it's just not, it wasn't something I, you know, it's usually, like, after a heartbreak, I would do that, right. you know, because I needed to get over it, <laughs> and almost, like, remove the other person's energy. Right. That's kind of, like, almost like a, a thing, like a ritual I had to do. Mm-hmm. It was, like, this rite of passage of, like, I'm over this other person, which mm-hmm. I wasn't, but... But now, after this last heartbreak, we did enough. I'm like, I don't even want to go and just, you know, have, have it. You know, just mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's like, so something's changing me. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's good or bad, but that's just how it feels. I just feel like, you know, I just, I'm, well, I feel like just leave my womb alone. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, you've realized that as you matured that you fucking somebody else is a distraction, but it doesn't really get rid of all the sentiments that you have it would be easy if you could fuck your pain away but it doesn't yeah, well, it, yeah. it doesn't help and then you might have somebody that they actually might like you it'll be into you like man i ain't man you was just a fuck you know like you were you was just a fuck you wasn't but, somebody but, i was really but, trying but to you, be into but you know what the funny thing is what i learned is that when um because you know like it was after two there was two very painful heartbreak, like one mm-hmm. in my 20s, one in my 30s. There was one, recently, but like, you know, there's a big one in my 20s, big one in my 30s, a big one in my 40s. But it's um, um, what I realized, the reason why I could do it you know, at the time when, when I, after the break and I was just like, you know, after a few weeks, I was like, you know, I'd go out with friends and 
you know, meet someone cute and whatever. And the thing is, it's like I realized that the reason why I was able to do that, which something I was never able to do before, was that my heart was closed. Right. So it mm-hmm. didn't mean anything to me. I was like the right. dude. I was like, okay, go now. You're like, you know, right. it was like I didn't want them to hold me. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the guy was like the the chick, right? It was mm-hmm. just like they because they don't understand that you're not all over them. Right. And and it was just literally because it was like. I even I would tell them I was like my heart is broken like there's no entry like I can't mm. I'm, I'm not gonna have feelings for you I can't do it mm-hmm. like I didn't even want to know too much about their life they used to piss me off I'm like just shush that, ah, what mm-hmm. are you doing right. you know right. and and so and so it was what you know but because for me sex is actually quite emotional thing it's a spiritual thing it's emotional mm-hmm. and you know I wish I could go out there and just have more sex because I feel also sex is an important part of life and I think if you have good sex you have more of it it's, it's really good. It's healthy, right? And yeah. I'm like, I feel like almost like, oh, you know, like I'm like letting it all like fade away, you know, yeah. because I'm not out there. But I just have to, I guess like everyone just has to be true with but how, how they feel and who they are. And if mm-hmm. and if it works your boat, it's, you can go out and have sex more with people that you may not necessarily know. Like, enjoy it because not all of us can do it. You know, yeah. like you have to do it for us. That's true. <laughs> Especially as you get Think older. about Angie next time you're out yeah. there, you know. On the streets. <laughs> no, while you're on the streets, yeah. think about me while you're on the streets. Yeah. Oh, think no. about me. I'll like, live oh, through them, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. let me ask you. Um, I mean, I mean, I make it. I mean, it may come back. Who knows? I may have a whole phase again. Oh my! <laughs> you may have a, a hot girl summer. A hot girl. A, I may a, have a hot girl, a, hot, hot girl winter. Hot girl winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the summer it's too hot to share a bed. Yeah. Yeah, man. Let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The courage of comedy. Be, and mm. I've never interviewed anyone that was a comedian, even though my my uh, my play brother, who I mentioned throughout my podcast, he was a stand-up. He did stand-up comedy, and he was absolutely intelligent, brilliant, funny as hell, caring. He was such a great guy. And it takes a lot of courage to, to not only... Uh, just do comedy, but to actually do public speaking. And that's something that I do when I'm um, going to trade shows, teaching how to Mm. cut hair. I have to get up in front of people Mm. and speak. And so the courage of comedy and what has comedy meant to you in your life? Mm. So, well, thank you. (laughs) I don't think it was courage. And also, I wasn't that funny, so don't worry. And it was, you you know, I only did it for like, I only did it for two, three years. In front of of people, you do have to have courage to get up there in front of people. Yeah, well, mm, do you know what? I think it was more like the adrenaline rush. And I think when you do stand up, it's very self serving because you are there with the mic. It's like, look at, you know, when when you, you know, it's very much all about you know, all eyes on the comic, right? And the thing mm-hmm. is, for me, you know, you're asking what comedy meant to me. Like, for me, like, I always grew up watching a lot of comedy. Like, my mom and I, we, we love comedy. And um, comedy has saved many, 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 many days for mm-hmm. me. You know, uh, they, they're, you know there's been time where sometimes I watch comedy every single day because it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's so important to laugh. And, and for me, that's really, really important. It's part of healing, you know, mm-hmm. comedy. So for me, like, I've, you know, I... Oh, I love stand-up. Like, I, I, you know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of amazing comedians out there. And I think so that's what it's meant for me. I never thought I was ever going to do it. Um, I only did it because I was tired of going to auditions. I was, you know, I was trying to be an actress. And I just wasn't, you know, I could 
you know you don't really get the jobs and you always get rejected and <laughs> and and one day i was just like fuck it i'm gonna give myself a job and so i was like i'm gonna do stand up like it's just like on a right. whim and i and that's what happened and i did like this six week um course which is was like you wrote your own stuff and you showed up once a week on, on top of a pub and it was the class was not of the pub and there was like other people and i and then the teacher and we'll just perform in front of each other and then you'd get feedback mm-hmm. and then at the end of the the six weeks like we'd perform in front of like a crowd on okay. top of the pub and that's how it started and mm-hmm. um it's been amazing honestly i didn't even think i was ever gonna quit to be quite honest mm-hmm. but it was uh it, it was really a lot of amazing experience and and i've been booed <laughs> <laughs> I still remember it to this day, but it's <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so, but you know, it's um, yes. Yeah, so I don't know so much about courage. Um, you know, everyone does it for different reasons. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> and so, let's talk about um, too old for this shit, and mm. why you, what brought you to that. Um, realization and um, your pers- and how has your perspective changed through all the interviews you've done? Because you have so many interviews with different people, and I've, I, you know, I haven't listened to all of them, but I listened to to quite a few, and I just love the the different perspectives that you bring together. How has um, your podcast too old for this shit? How has that you know rounded your uh, square to a degree? Rounded my square. Is that in America? I mean, rounded your square. So is it like, well, how has it sort of like, well, what, know, what has it, um, well, well, what know, I've learned from it? Or Well, you know, you I, I say round your square. Like, we always say like round your edges, which means like you come mm-hmm. in with a square point of view and then like you listen mm-hmm. to other people and it kind of gives you a different, so it, it rounds that square mm-hmm. a little bit. So how has it, um, well, well how has it I love that. changed your perspective? Now I understand what you, what you mean. Now that's a great expression, round your edge. Um, yeah, well, do you know what? There's a, there's been a lot of surprises, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I it. I'm just gonna start off with this, and, and then I'll answer your question. Is like a lot of the things I, I I forget most of the things that I say on there. Okay. You know, like it's you know you, you may experience the same. I don't know. You know, like when you record and it's like poof, mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like you edit and then you listen back yes. and you go, oh, okay. But then yeah. you know, after we, a few weeks, you're like, I don't even know what I said. Yeah, and so. True. But what I know is that um, there were certain points, there's certain things that I do remember, and there's definitely things that I used to think or believe that I wouldn't say or believe today. Okay. But I'm happy to leave it up there because at the time, that's how I felt, and so I can back it up. I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt. You know what I mean? Right. So, but so there has definitely been a change, and one of the surprises for me, so to answer your question, like, you know, what has rounded my, you know, my edges, um, there were surprises. So, for example, uh, sex workers. So there, there's um, I did not expect because I have I have met sex workers in in real life. Um, you know I, uh, you know, going out partying. You know I've socialized with different types of people and all of that. And um, one of the things that really um surprised me that I didn't expect uh recording you know tour for this shit was interviewing um different sex workers and what. I realized when I was um, talking with them was that they, and I know it's going to sound weird, but especially like one that stands out for me is Mistress Marley, Mistress Marley, 
who is a professional dominatrix, so she practices Findom. And I did not, I did not expect that I would actually starting to see sex workers as actually being this really um, almost not um, valued member of being able to actually convey what confidence and self-esteem is. Like, I was really uh, blown away. Like, even though, like, you know, I researched, like, especially Mr. Smiley, you know, like, I, I knew who I was going to have a little bit, like, on the show. Because, obviously, I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd seen her on social media. I'd heard her speak. And, but, yeah, it just wasn't something. So, I, I, I knew she was, you know, put together. But I didn't realize, like, to that point, you know, like, I was almost a bit embarrassed that, I had to admit that, well, you know, I don't have <laughs> as much, you know, confidence or things in that. And yeah, and that's sort of come across. I've seen that as a theme with the ones I've been speaking with. And it's not something that I had particularly experienced, you know, like I have, you know, I've, I have uh, met, you know, sex workers before, you know, through different circles, being in different circles and, you know, getting to know them a little bit and, you know, and it's just that I guess like especially with the the kind of the types of work that uh, some of the guests maybe have done, I just did not expect that basically is is what I'm saying. And actually um, all of them were teaching and, and showing and leading the way in just being who you are, being confident, have self-esteem. And it's one of those little extra nice little gift that you get when you get to really speak with someone and I did not expect that and um yeah that was one of the things that I guess like opened my mind to that it has also opened my eyes a lot about love and dating because I would say I get a lot of mm -hmm. um you know whether they're coaches or psychotherapists and mm -hmm and talk about love dynamics and what really happens when you're in a couple and why yeah. people get so triggered and what it means and actually also realizing that um really realizing that we are all just really doing the best we can in any given situation you know unless you're with someone who's malicious but that's really it opened my mind a lot about my blind spots right. like i you know, I, I don't consider myself as being close-minded. Like I always thought, you know, because I've, I feel like I've experienced a few things to to have a sort of like a, a bit more of a broader understanding. But damn, did I have some blind spots, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and, I know and I know I still have them. I know I still have them. I know I'm still like ignorant about things and don't know things. I have a lot to learn and all of that. Um, but... It, it really sped that up like it was almost like it, it, it sort of went fast forward in my growth in that perspective because I was kept talking to all these people and I had to be truthful and honest too in the interview and you know being vulnerable like that that was new because I'm quite a private person mm -hmm. which I know is weird now because you know we see you know podcasting and all but I'm quite a private person in real life um, and so yeah, it's opening up a bit more. Um, and I guess like the, I think that's just, yeah. And I I feel, I think I've, I've definitely learned to also be a bit more, um, just yeah. I think it's helped me sort of like, help me take more space and be more confident. That's sort of like, Good. just and more confident, yeah. more confident just in, 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 in life or more, more confident in more relationships, I, mm, sex. 
more accepting of myself. Good. Like because because you know hearing other people, um, and how they've come to terms with whatever's happened for them or how they've acted or anything like that, um, understanding it's you don't have to be so hard on yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, um, I it's like I sort of letting down that. the facade. Hmm. I think I would agree with that. I think I, you know. After doing some podcasts, I definitely think it's just encouraged me to be more who I am. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I look back, as I, we talked about earlier, 20s, 30s, 40s, it's like right now I'm just, just so into being who I am and just letting it out more, being more encouraged, mm. doing, listening to your podcast, listening to the Curious Girl podcast, talking to mm. her. Talking with you, talking with other people that I've come across that are living life mm. as you are, showing who you are, talking about it. Like that encourages me to just be more out front with it because I have a lot of, I have a, I have a lot of perspectives that I can share from my life experiences and the people that I have come across because I do work for the public, so I can share a lot of stories. So you guys give me more courage to do that as well. Mm, mm. So I yeah, I mean, it's, it's meeting those amazing people. I mean, I yes. would never have met you or Layla had it not mm-hmm. been because of podcasting. Cousin, right? yes. So, and it's like, you know, it's almost like I daydream a lot. And mm-hmm. um, so I have this little fantasy there with everyone um, that I've interviewed that I'll go and I can do a little tour. And there's, there's quite a big bunch of, of you guys in, in the US. It's actually made in real life because like, you know, like it's meeting all these incredible people. Right. And you know, all these lives that you get to, you know, get to hear about, hear about is, right. is, is it really like to me, like it feels like a, an honor, like, you know, to have people who come and, and open up with me. Like, I'm like, wow, you really trust me. Like, this is something I like, I really respect that, you know, it's right. like, um, no, I don't, it's not that I don't respect people who don't. I mean, like, the fact that they're doing that, like, I'm, I'm respecting that space. Like, it's something that, you know, that's precious for me. Yes. Um, whether whether it ever goes out in the air or not, it's a, dif- that doesn't, it's a different thing. But it's just that it's like there's this space that happens. It's a communication, you know. We don't yes. talk like this to colleagues, right? I mean, True. not every time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's funny because that's one of the things I travel in general to for work or for pleasure so if there's someone i meet online and where we have a good rapport if i go out to this city or close you know i'm like look let's meet up let's just have lunch or coffee or dinner and Mm. if it's a woman it doesn't have to be about anything sexual and if it's a guy we could just have drinks and smoke cigars and just sit and talk because i like real connection to people you know um But I found, with that being said, that people just like to be online. And that's and that's cool, too. I would <laughs> yeah, prefer yeah. people just say, nah, you know, online is really where I want to be. They act like that. And then when you act, when you show up to be present, now they're like, oh, I, I got something to do that weekend and all that. Which is cool. I get it. But, you know, again, we having this great conversation I don't, I just never been hesitant about sitting down and have a coffee with somebody. If you come into my town, mm. I'm going to sit and have coffee with you and just have a conversation. It doesn't have to lead to anything, you know. Do you, uh, do you think that, because obviously, you know, maybe I'm just like being very bravado. I may be like, mm-hmm. you know, meeting in person with all these guests. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't know. Um, But I wonder if maybe it's because we're, it's, you know, because all sometimes like these talks can be quite, 
they can feel intimate because we're revealing parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So we're being seen, we're being heard, and we may not be so used to it to do it on this level straight mm-hmm. away with someone without ever having meeting them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most cases, unless unless you you know unless people are on catfish because they do that and they've never met, but yeah. and spoke, but it's um maybe that's like oh my god like it's like it's a shyness or a vulnerability and it obviously it feels annoying I, like i would be annoyed if i'm like oh it keeps you know keep, keep happening but i can i can almost see why it's it may feel for some people i don't know i don't know i think i think a lot of it is acceptance it's it's i've been projecting this person online and now mm-hmm. if i meet someone i really have to show up and be that like i right. i never I never feel like I have to show up and be Sir Inc. <laughs> I'm not going to show mm. up with whips and chains. You're not going to have hands. a whip. I was going to say, you don't have a whip over. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about just who I am as a person. Mm. You as a person. Yeah, we sit down to having coffee. It don't, you know, so I think people have a problem with matching up to who they've been saying they are, even just mm-hmm. on a regular basis of who you are as a person. I think a lot, some people have appearance issues. And it's not necessarily catfishing as much as I done posted my best picture ever with the right angle ever up. Mm. Now, when I show up, all those flaws in my skin that I that I filtered out, that's going to show up. So sometimes people just want you to like them for what you see on the internet and not necessarily mm. what you might see when you show up live. That's what I think yeah. it is. And also social media is cruel, you know, like, and mm-hmm. because, you know, we always see these like filtered mm-hmm. pictures and, and all of that. And it's like, you know, like, it, it, this, it's like, I don't know why people feel like it's not sexy anymore to just being in like casual clothes, a mm-hmm. bit messy hair, no makeup for women, not just a minimal, you know, like a little bit, not mm-hmm. nothing, you know, we don't need to have all these fake eyelashes and all right. of that. Like it's, it's, it's weird because I think it's a, it's a system of symptom of the time like I, I remember years ago and i was working in events and a lot of these girls you know i was always you know all these girls were always like so beautiful i was always thinking like what the fuck am i doing here like mm-hmm. you know i was like always like the, <laughs> the ugly one right. uh, and like amongst them you know and but the thing is is like i remember one time we were talking about this is many years ago about kim kardashian and there was like um it was on the on, on the their show keeping up with the kardashians and mm-hmm. there was like you know sometimes you would see her um, without makeup, like, you know, for breakfast, like she just woke up or whatever, you know, like, and, and she even have like a totally different skin tone, you know, like she's mm-hmm. more olive yellow like I am, yes. but like with the, with the makeup, she's like pinky white, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, now, I don't know, but back then, this is yes. years ago. And again, nothing wrong with it, you know, um, I've done that too, like putting on makeup to do my yeah. skin look different, but, but the thing is, is that, the point of this story is that I remember I was like, oh, and I think she's so much more beautiful, natural. Mm-hmm. like without anything because she you know she has that wild like when she was younger before the surgery she has that wild wild sexual rawness a bit mm-hmm. like Angelina Jolie you know that mm-hmm. raw sexuality mm-hmm. that you can't buy you can't, you can't buy, buy that mm-hmm. you can't buy it mm-hmm. and and they were like oh no they prefer like with the makeup and it's just like and they were younger than me those girls and I was like ah oh, this is they're so used to it right. and there was even like other images you know uh, they were we showed about another one I can't remember who it was now and uh, it was again like no makeup with makeup and i was like actually i prefer her natural right and they were like oh no no prefer with the filters and the distance i was like wow wow wow, wow. but you see but it's, it's cool out there it, it is. is cool out there like i'm lucky i bypassed a little bit you know uh, but it was hard enough being a teenager yes. back then i didn't accept how i looked for sure yes. 
So that with social media, I'm not sure I would want anyone to meet me in real life if all they ever saw was a filtered image. And, and I think that's what goes on a lot. And I've met people who are like, they're looking at me like, it's you. And it's like, yeah, but I'm just a regular man like a lot of other men. You know, I'm just mm. nothing special, but they like my content or they like what I project or who I actually say I am. And then when they meet me, it's like this, like something bigger than what well, I don't make myself that big. You know, mm. I, I try to make myself very common because to my friends, I'm just who I am. You know, it's like no yeah. big deal. But for someone online, see me a certain and they make it bigger. But it's like, no, I'm not this Christian Grey or any of those kind of fictional characters. I'm a regular guy. I have regular impulses. You know, I make mistakes. You know, I, so I try to be more real to people so they understand. Like a lot of people create pages and they like try to be this perfect guy. The perfect message not nah, nah like we don't always get it right you know mm. and i think it's important that people see that and then when people meet me they have a different they have a more rounder view and then they appreciate it more because they're like damn you're just a real person you're just real like yeah, yeah. like i'm not gonna be showing up with a whip in my hand like come on right here in starbucks <laughs> you need kneel to me kneel to me the almighty great dime like no no do, do you know why actually now that you say that i um i because I, you know you talk about like uh, chains and, and the whip and stuff i i went to um i had like um a, a meeting in town like a couple uh-huh. of weeks back and Anyway, so I go into this place, uh, to this club, and the this is daytime, this is morning. Okay. And I go to the reception. I've never been there. and No, it was my second time, sorry. The first time was like, whatever. The second time I go in, this guy at the reception, and I thought about, you know, um, all the stuff that we talked about and that mm-hmm. I heard on my last podcast when you when you were on there with Wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy, no, I... I I don't even know. I have no idea what his sexual preference is, but he oozed okay. of sexuality. He was a okay. bit on the camp side, but you know okay. how sometimes men can be a bit camp, but mm-hmm. they're not. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and he wore no whatever like uh, this. Um, I could only like. So, it's supposed to be a necklace. It's not a necklace, but it's like okay. around the neck. And he wore, it was like a chain, like what you put on a, almost mm-hmm. like, you know, when you have a bike chain, like for a bike, but what's inside, mm-hmm. he had that on his neck with a big lock. And I looked at him, I looked at the lock and I think he saw this little thing in my eye and I looked at him and it was almost like, I was like, I still want to have a conversation with you. <laughs> like you start, you're, you're fun because you are out here. Like this is, so this was like, um, this was for work. It's like this private members club. It's 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 shitty. It's I know it sounds like oh private members club, mm. but it's not. I'm not a member. I had a meeting yeah. there, but um, it's very like um, you know, like it's not. They they like to think they're a bit edgy, but they're not. It's just okay. like really really boring. And um, <laughs> but the place is nice. But and but he was really edgy. Like he was he had he was wearing on the outside. And I was like, I wonder if he was a sub and that look. You know what I mean? And it was from his dumb like. Mm-hmm. I don't look at things like the same way as I used to. Right. You know? like, I look at it and I was like, oh my God. And then uh, so I had to go to that meeting. And then a few hours later, I came back out by the reception. He was there and I went by. I was like, bye. And I was like, I was just like, just his presence made me feel alive. Because yes. he had that sexuality about mm-hmm. him, you know, like, yeah, he was a beautiful um, young man. It wasn't that, but there was this thing about him and this audacity. And I was just like, Mm-hmm. Wow, you just got it. Got like, it you just right. don't even like he's yeah he's got he's got it going on, and I, I knew that he 
I don't even know, but like I, I could tell that he knew that I looked at that lock on this, you know, and then thought of something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what and he, he wanted. And he loved it. And he loved that's it. That's exactly yeah. what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, mm. so let me ask you before we go, mm. any final comments that you have? And once we go through, you know, we give our little final comments, then we'll get into, you know, get definitely giving up all your social media so my followers can know where to find you. But can you just, you know, give us a little final comments? You know, I actually, I wrote something down when you were talking about, you know, you know, going to work and, mm-hmm. you know, as women and then coming home and it's hard to be feminine. And I wrote down Ali Wong because I thought she's a great <laughs> example because she says, you know, she's very much like, she's definitely masculine in her work. You know, she's out there, go get her, you name it. Mm-hmm. But she admits in her comedy that, you know, in the five years at the time that she was, you know, I don't know how long, now it's been longer, but the five mm-hmm. years that she's been with her husband, she's made him a lunchbox every single day for him to take to work. Beautiful. Right. And it's like she and she says, like, you know, people are so surprised when they see me with my husband because um, I'm really sweet. I'm really soft. You know, I mean, obviously on stage, mm-hmm. she's a completely different persona. persona. Right. And that is to me, like, you know, I think and, and I've never met her, you know, I wish, but I've never met her. I've never been in her home. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that's, those are just words that she's using for comedy effect. I don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. even matter. Right. But right. she's almost like an example of high achiever, big mm-hmm. time. Um and and obviously um having being able to be more um to be a different person you know to show not a different person but to have a different side to her when she goes home and right. to openly admit that i think it's great i think it's awesome, I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and she's so funny as well so yeah, yeah she is funny mm. and <laughs> so okay i'm gonna put you on the spot let, let, let's mm. hear let's hear some of this french um Qu'est-ce que tu veux que je vous dise? Yeah, there you go. See, see, see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said it too fast. Let me get the. Let me. Let me. Let me warm the. Let me warm my oil up first, and then we're going. We warm the oil up. Get my pants off, and then we're going. No, I. No, I appreciate you so much, Ange. Can you tell my? Can you tell my followers where they can follow your awesome podcast at please and your social media. Yeah, so um, so for the podcast, it's tool for this shit, and it's S H asterisk T. Um, so that's that's how, uh, and it's like tool for this shit podcast with Angie. Then you'll find it, and it's you know everywhere that you can hear to po- you can listen to podcasts. Uh, and then there's my website, uh, Angie hyphen S dot com. So that's A N G. Wait, because I always get it wrong, the G and the J in, in uh, English, because it's the opposite in French. Um, mm-hmm. So Angie, right, with mm-hmm. the I-E at the end, hyphen, mm-hmm. S.com. And on that website, you'll find all the stuff. But um, uh, yeah, so if you want to go there, and I'm not really, I don't really do much with social media, but if you want to find me on there, Instagram, it's only where I spend more time. And that's, I believe it's tool for the shit podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's how I'm not. Um, but like it all happens in the stories. I usually use the stories just to like uh, put stuff. I just share, I usually share other people's um, funny memes and stuff. Um, but yeah, but Angie-S.com, that's the website. That's where you can um, find all the information. Cool. And guys, you know yeah. where to find me. It's Sir INQ on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, which I'm not really on, but I'm on. Uh, SirInc.com and Kinkspace.net is my community. 
Thank you, Angie, for doing this podcast. I appreciate you much. Non, merci beaucoup, Sering. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was my pleasure. Yes. That was quite an experience, wasn't it? Tune in again for a fresh release of Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast.